What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Della Simon, coming to you with another episode of the Ground Up Biz podcast, where the goal is to inspire, educate, and help you break the time for money trade in your life so that you can live life on a whole nother level. I hope you're having an awesome day so far. And in this episode, I want to share a book with you that has given me a lot of insight into being an entrepreneur um, and being a consultant. And that book is The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Fields. I feel like there is much value in this book for anyone who has uh, who, who has considered the route of being an entrepreneur um, or they want to eventually use their skills to consult with other people and corporations to solve problems and bring more bottom line or more joy, um, whatever service or product you're going to offer, I feel like this book is very helpful to understanding the frameworks in which you will have to apply to consult successfully and profitably, right? Because when you're getting started, um, depending on what your belief or your psychology is, uh, some people believe, you know, not to do any free work, no projects for free, everything is paid, uh, you know, get what you're worth and things of that nature. Um, consulting, right? The, the act of actually solving problems is one thing, but doing so with a business model in a profitable manner um, and, and having a way to grow the business and to, to get more projects and contracts, I feel like this book was extremely fundamental in me understanding the whole, I would say, uh, ecosystem of being a consultant rather than just one part like your offer or your sales or your marketing, right? Because there are different facets that make a successful consultant. With that being said, let's talk about the six steps or stages that Fields identifies in this book. I'm just going to cover them lightly um, as a reference point for, for people who have read the book or maybe trying to get interested to see if it's something they should get into. Uh, but if you want further explanation, I say you check out the book. Uh, it's available on Amazon and anywhere else books are sold, I'm, I'm sure. Um, step one, think right side up. This concept is actually very fascinating. Um, as long as you can remember like, how do I say it? Because as we live our life, uh, we tend to focus on, you know, our needs, right? Personal needs, uh, our ambitions, what we want to accomplish for the day. Uh, there's a whole bunch of I, but the whole concept of think right side up is to think and act in terms of the person you're engaging with. We've talked about how to win friends and influence people, which I think is a uh, great core component to practicing right side up thinking. Um, And also remembering like in your engagements, like in every engagement you have, every conversation you have, um, if you can approach your 
your discussion, right, around what the other person is interested in, then you're much more likely to persuade or um, to, to be rubbed off as friendly or agreeable in a, in a positive perspective. And these can be ways to get yourself into the door to discover projects or needs that the, the, the customer, your prospect has. Think right side up is, is so effective because, like I said, the power comes in realizing that most people are thinking about themselves and their, their own self-advancement. And maybe, yes, they want to help their f- friendly, uh, help their family members and help their friends grow as well. But most people, you know, when they wake up that day, they're thinking, how can I make it today? How can I live my dreams and, and fulfill myself today? Um, and if you're coming from a entrepreneur perspective, uh, uh, an influencer, a content creator, then what you should do is you should think like they do, like think in their body. I mean, you can't actually live in their body, but, but think about, you know, what they deal with on a daily basis, how they feel their other related interests. And most importantly, when it comes to business, it's not about what you can do so much as what they need help with, like what problems they're having trouble with, and and you understanding that tooting your your agenda or your resume saying, I've done this and I've done that, I've done that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But but can you solve my problem like this one, right? And and thinking right side up is just a very helpful psychological way to remember that in order to get more business, you have to focus on the people and, and what they need not necessarily so much what you're creating or what you have to offer, okay? I think that's important. Step two, maximizing impact. A quote David shares in the book is, if we concentrate on those prospects who will engage with us and we unwaveringly speak to a challenge plaguing them, we can achieve our most ambitious goals. Step two ties right into thinking right side up um, because the, the purpose of maximizing impact is to engage with more people, to connect with more people and to, in my opinion, this is me just defining it myself. I think this is developing your expertise and documenting what you've learned and what you've experienced and what you're, you're capable of. Um, and I'm doing that on podcasting. Uh, I'm, I'm documenting on Medium. And in some conversations I'm having with people, they're also documenting notes and I'm taking notes as well. So we're finding different ways to um, to build together uh, for me to maximize my impact and to, to really get ready for the service uh, that, I, that I will be offering or the product I'll be delivering. Um, when I think about maximizing impact, I just... I just consider the fact that most of us tend to kind of stay in our shell or our comfort zone. So this would be maybe your PR or your marketing and always trying to further your brand from a visibility perspective. Uh, I think maximizing impact is part about that. And then the other part is is contribution. Uh, Maybe maximizing impact has nothing to do with uh, selling. Well, it does have to do with selling, but I mean, selling for, for money, maybe maximizing impact is the most you can do as far as visibility and support, but for free, 
right? So developing um, resources online that you can share with people who may be interested in you, like a, like a blog or YouTube content so that people can get a feel of what you know and who you are before they, they get on a phone call with you. I think that would be something worth considering. Um, step three is build visibility. So I would say like it's a waterfall effect, right? How step three ties into step two, which was maximizing impact. Building visibility is about your daily process of producing some form of content or set of engagements that allows you to become more known for what you are um, capable of, right? But, But here's the thing. Building visibility is part about what you do, but it's more so, this is just my personal opinion, kind of talking out loud. I think it's more so about who you are, your values, your integrity, what type of people you like working with, um, what other people have to say about you. I think those are all related to, to building visibility, right? When people search your name, like what type of digital presence do you have? Like, do you have a website? Um, do you have a LinkedIn profile? Uh, I think these are all relevant to building visibility and maybe even some type of uh, email newsletter too. Now that I think about it, if you're, if you're on that level, um, and if not, then maybe something adding to your list eventually to, to work on some type of email newsletter, uh, to, to be top of mind and to build more visibility with your prospects or existing clients. Um, step four, connect, connect, connect. There's another quote from the book that I wish I would have wrote down. So I'll have to paraphrase it, but if you're not connecting with new people, um, or nurturing existing relationships and doing so on a frequent basis, chances are you're going to have trouble in business because business is about solving problems and relationships, um, relationships with people of all types. Uh, I would say prospect customer, and even, you know, some people would say uh, referral type, uh, if you had to put a designator on it, but not everybody's going to do business with you. You don't know that from the front end. Uh, you can kind of, as you get more experienced in consulting or being an entrepreneur, you may be able to fill out people a little bit better. But when you're first starting, you really don't know who's going to be a client of yours or not. So connecting with many people um, until you refine your niche of what particular customer you're looking for, I think it's in your best interest to Uh, And what I did is I used to go to networking events. Uh, I still go to virtual networking events from time to time. Uh, A few webinars every now and again. I use Meetup and Eventbrite to find those type of events. And I remember calling people. I still do this from time to time. Just just going through my contact log. I haven't talked to this person in a while. And calling them and just reestablishing our connection. I want to say uh, fostering relationships, right? So it's so just starting new relationships. But the, the, the more vital part is nurturing relationships. And this does take energy, right? <laughs> I would say it's, it's important to have maybe some type of calendar. Um, when I'm very serious about connecting, I use a CRM. 
and uh, I should use a CRM all the time. Uh, and a CRM is customer relationship management software, which helps me track when the last time I talked to somebody was and what we talked about. And if there's anything I need to ask about or follow up in the next call, um, it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like if you're an entrepreneur, CRM is something you should, you should take seriously. Um, connect, connect, connect without relationships. You will struggle in business. If people love you, if people think, think highly of you, if they know your reputation is of doing good work or being a great student or being persistent, being committed to something, then you're much more likely to be successful in business. Um, friends, like I know how they say, you know, don't do family in business or don't do friends in business. I understand like why those are completely relevant, but I feel like you need more friends uh, always, right? In life and in business. So connect, connect, connect. I'm drilling that into you. Networking. Uh, your, what is it? Your net worth is your network. Your network is your net worth. I don't know. I messed it up. Whatever. <laughs> Step five, become the obvious choice. Here's a, another quote from the book. Rather by being deliberate in your discovery and by understanding your prospect better than anyone else, your simple solution will stand out above all others. Honorable mention. Uh, this is not the quote anymore. This is me talking. Honorable mention. Two books. The Irresistible Offer by Mark Joyner. Pretty sure we talked about that book before, but we might revisit it in the future. And A Hundred Million Offers by Alex Hormozzi. These are two books that help you really, really understand like what an offer is, uh, the power of an offer, how an offer and a business model and a unique selling proposition and how there are all these moving parts, but like the core of your business, your entrepreneurship, your consulting business, whatever label you have, the core of it is the offer. That is where your business starts. That's where you, um, that's where you, you know, you define what type of value you have to offer to the world. And then you also define like how you're going to deliver that value, right? Like this is part of your offer. Um, and in order to become the obvious choice as far as projects, cause you, cause you have to think about it, right? As far as consulting is concerned, like there is lots of competition in literally every sector. I mean, if you spend some time like as like do some real R and D research and development, uh, before you start a business, which most, most people don't do that much, right? I mean, they do some research, maybe they don't do some research. They file the entity and then they just start, you know, selling whatever they're passionate about or doing whatever they love to do. Right. Um, but what, <laughs> and I say a real entrepreneur is because like, I I'm learning this definition every day. Uh, but we'll say a savvy entrepreneur really does a lot more research about the market and about what customers want, what people want. And before they start their business, they have the data to validate the assumptions they made beforehand, right? Some people start the business, then collect the data to validate assumptions. Savvy entrepreneurs collect the data first 
and then they test, you know, different areas of the market. And then if their tests are validated, you know, by demand, by people paying for what they're offering, then they then they may assume at that point that they have something valid that can be sold at a higher level. Um, what you want to do is when becoming the obvious choice is and this goes back to step one, right side up thinking is most people are going to come at your prospect and they're going to say, this is what we can do. And this is what we have. And this is how much we charge. And this is our track history. And I, 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 this is what we blah, blah, blah. Right. Like becoming the obvious choice is more so, and you, you'll have to learn the particular psychology in the book, you know, the, the won't say the script, but kind of like what you need to say in order to become the obvious choice. But essentially, I, I feel like that's a, a mix of how to win friend, uh, how to win friends and influence people. Um, there's another book I'm thinking about right now. It's a negotiation book, but I feel like it would be helpful. Uh, we'll talk about it in the future if it will come back to my head. Um, but but I don't think it's even because because in the book, uh, this book, the consulting book, David talks a, a little bit about negotiation. But if you if you follow the steps up until this point your client or your prospect, right? I'm sorry, is not necessarily trying to negotiate out of the deal, right? Because there are certain trust elements, right? They, they've, they've known you, they're connected with you. Um, you've, you've, you've built your visibility, you've maximized impact. Uh, they know you're capable. So when you're at the closing table, it's really showing that you're there for them and you understand their situation, not just this project, but like, on a deeper level, maybe their professional life or how this project impacts, you know, their family life or, or their career or, or their promotion coming up. Right. So some consultants only focus on like level one, you know, layer one. And, and when you're doing that, you're really just competing in a sea of other consultants, which may be more qualified uh, charging higher prices, may be able to get a quicker turnaround. Like there's always going to be competition, but on a deeper level, you have to think about how many salespeople, um, or we'll just say consultants again, but you're going to have to sell, right? You're going to have to sell your services. How many of them really do take a right side up approach to what they do? And now that I think about it, there are probably a couple, right? This book has been around for a while. Um, so if you read it, you're not going to get like a super competitive advantage, but then again, you may actually achieve some type of structure as far as like what you need to do to be successful as a consultant. And you think you have to think about, well, it's, it's reading, right? So how many people have read this book? You know, quite a few or whatever. How many people have applied this book successfully? That's a smaller number. So if you can read it and apply it, then you actually may have a real chance to develop some competitive advantage in whatever niche you are currently working on. I'd say it's a it's a great book to study. Um, and in order to become the obvious choice, it's it's less about what I can do and more about how we can do this. Now I'm playing. <laughs> it's less about, yeah, what you can do in your track record and more about, oh, this is the problem at hand. And if we address this, then you win here and you get this and you become more profitable here. And the client's like, yeah, you know, now you're, now you're talking my language. And it's like, okay, you know, and our risks are here. And if we focus here and then you're just talking in terms of what they want and what they need. And I'm pretty sure you, you're losing, you're, you're using 
I a little bit less, and it's more of the the we, you know, and and team like those type of words, those type of power words. And when you're doing that, that at the closing table, that's a very subtle language change that would have a very different effect if you were there just talking about what you and your firm do and what y'all are capable of. And and at some point, like I said, people care less about what you can do and more about because because what they're at the table thinking about is is their problems and. Will they actually be solved if I work with this person? Okay, like I don't know. It's just, just gotta, you gotta know that, right? All right. Step six: propose, negotiate, and close. In this book, David has um, certain steps, uh, documents. I don't know if they're if he gives us documents. I'm sure there's like a free uh, resource download. But I took his ideas and I basically typed up my own proposal document. And he has something called the context document as well, which basically is, how do I say it? It's like a prospectus um, or more so like on that, on the, on the, <laughs> the context document, it basically demonstrates or, or tells the the prospect that you you understand what's going on like on a deeper level than just what the project is right it, it lets them know like um based on what we talked about these would be the goals for this project and if we win right like these these are the risks involved and and these would be the objectives and if we complete it then then this would be the result we're looking for time frame a whole bunch of other stuff that the context document uh, describes, but what I really appreciate about it is it's a step before the proposal. See, some people go straight to the invoice, right? They send you the the line items like this is what you're going to pay for. Uh, these are the services. Uh, but the context document, if you do choose to use it in your consulting uh, practice, is basically like a forward to that that essentially lets the 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 prospect know you're on the same page with them. Not only did you listen but you really deeply resonate with their situation and you understand how your work with them would, would definitely positively uh, impact their situation. Now, the context document also defines what would happen if you guys didn't do the project, right? And it's not so much to, to put fear um, of loss in your prospect's mind, but just to remind them this is what would not happen or, you know, if you, if there is no action here, this is what would happen. Like this will be the result. If the client chose not to, to do the project, then, you know, either pain or loss of money, you know, would come uh, as a result of not doing the project. So I like the context document, honestly, before the proposal, because once you get to the proposal, the likelihood that they're going to close at that point, if they've gotten through the context uh, document and they agree with the situation, they understand, you know, it has scope on there as well. Like what we'll be working on for this project and what we won't be working on. That's all in the context document, which is a, a leader to the proposal. Uh, I think it's brilliant. Some people just have a proposal or some people don't even have a context document. They just have another phone call where they talk about this stuff and they note it. Uh, but I think having a phone call and you taking notes, developing, like I said, a, a brief report about what you guys talked about, the highlight points, and then getting your prospect to agree on that level, then developing your proposal. Personally, I think um, it takes more time. But I think your your proposal rate 
should be higher or not even higher your close rate this is just i don't know if it's more of an assumption it just seems more logical right because someone would would agree at that third level that you do understand a lot more about their life and their problem and how big of a problem it is to them and how awesome it would be if you could fix that problem right um so yeah that there you have it there you have it uh those are those are the six stages um of the the irresistible consultant book by david a fields it's i would say it's a top 10 book for me uh the reason why it took me a while is i'm thinking it's like i don't know if i could really do a, a solid top 10 because the 10 would change but but as of recording this episode it's one of the most fascinating topics um i think to learn about like how to sell your skills profitably to a world that needs it because because undeniably the world needs your skills right now uh the thing is you i mean if you're where i am maybe you've developed the skills a little bit you just don't really know how to sell it you know and how much to sell it for and who you should be talking to uh and that that's what we're working on right that's that's the point of developing every day uh, making an effort to get better um but like i said people are looking for what you have to offer today so we have to get everything together on our end we have to study uh we have to create our offer become more organized and and really buckle up so i'd say check out this book if you have some time uh i believe it's going to be worth your time in in mental clarity as well as income if you can apply the concepts in this book that's all i have for today i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please give it a thumb up thumbs up you know favorite it on whatever platform you're listening on um other than that uh if you haven't already please follow me on medium at ground up biz or on instagram at ground up biz and it's been a pleasure chatting with you today we will be back with more have a wonderful rest of your day peace Thank you.